You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nahumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matas Weingast. Today is January 28th, 2018, the 12th of Shvat in the year 5778. If you're studying Dafyomi, Avodazara, Yud Gimel 13 is the Daf. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Hope you had a great Shabbos and a great week. And, uh, Ready to start off a brand new week wherever you are around the world listening to JM Sunday. It is uh, raining out here in our uh, outside of our studios, 49 degrees, and rain expected all day on and off, high of 51, with partly cloudy skies tonight, 39 degrees. In Jerusalem right now, it's cloudy, but it's 50 degrees, and uh, it is going down to a partly cloudy 40 degrees later tonight. Uh, Nachum and crew are on their way to Israel. They'll be, among other things, recording the Kosher Halftime Show to be uh, shown next week during the Super Bowl. Make sure to tune in to NachumSiegel.com, our network here, during the halftime of the big game next Sunday, February 4th, for the 5th annual NSN Kosher Halftime Show. And as Nachum mentioned last week, this year's show, which of course is hosted by Nachum, stars Ohad and Mayor Kay. There will be a unique performance at the Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. So that's next Sunday, a week from today, February 4th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com is where you can watch it and enjoy. So that is very, very exciting news one week from today. Also exciting is the game that's going to be played. But yeah, that's a secondary to the uh, to the kosher halftime show. We'll be playing music as always. Uh, Rabbi Goldwasser coming up at seven thirty uh, morning with morning chizuk. Uh, we're expecting the news from Israel uh, at eight o'clock, and uh, we'll see what else happens today, right here on JM Sunday. So let's get right to the music. Who are we starting off with? Yaakov Shweki, right here. On JM Sunday.
Hishem b'shem Hashem, Peirach nuchem, Mi beis Hashem, Baruch haba, Hishem b'shem Hashem, Peirach nuchem, Mi beis Hashem, Baruch haba.
music by Avishai Rosen here on JM Sunday. Matis Wine guest with you. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, just getting to the time of Rabbi Goldwasser. We'll get to him in a moment. I uh, wanted to remind you that uh, great programming continues all day long here on the network. We're here till 9 o'clock. A live lunch encore with Avrami at 11. A Saturday night Seagull encore with Avrami at 1. Uh, this week, Court Report is uh, beginning its encore swap. Tuesday night will be the first run, and uh, Sunday nights will be the encore with Elliot Weiselberg. He'll feature an in-depth look at the latest Yeshiva League sports news and information. That's tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, right here on the stream. Nachum will be in Israel this week, and you can hear him starting tomorrow morning. Among other things, he'll be recording the Kosher Halftime Show to be shown next week during the Super Bowl. This is going to be very, very exciting. Uh, featuring Ohad Mayor Kay, there'll be a unique performance at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Uh, news from Israel coming up at 8 o'clock, and uh, I have a special guest this morning, Rabbi Dov Lipman, former member of Knesset, uh, will be joining me to discuss a, uh, a very, very interesting project that uh, the country of Israel is working on and sharing with the African continent specifically. So we'll talk about that at 8.30 this morning. Make sure to uh, stay tuned to that. Each and every uh, Sunday through Thursday at this time, uh, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, L'zecha Nishmasar Zebra Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Esther Bas Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here's Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. At Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, Hashem made a gather, a fence around the mountain. Hashem said, be careful not to go onto the mountain, not even to touch it. We have Psukim and Shmos that tell us that not only is a person not allowed to touch it, but if they do, Mos they will surely die. Why is there such a stringency, a Chumrah, a double azhara, double warning. The answer is that Hashem wants to enroute in us that a tanai, a stipulation to receiving the Torah, is a concept of a gather, a fence, a siyog that is not to be broken. The great Rosh Yeshiva, the altar of Kelm, surrounded his famous Yeshiva with a fence of stones. There was a gate, and the key to the gate was on the inside of the gate on a hook. The way to open it was to reach inside, get the key, and then open the gate. They would then return the key to the hook and close the gate again. Everyone who entered or left was supposed to close the door, lock it, and leave the key on the hook. And that's what everyone did. At the end of the day, there was also a person that was in charge of the key. He would take the key, lock the door, take the key home with him, and return at the beginning of the next day to open the door for everyone and return the key to its place. Whoever came early, and even if it was the altar, would patiently wait until the person in charge of the key would arrive. Once, there was a delay. The Talmidim all gathered in front of the locked gate, and were waiting for the person to come with the key. Suddenly, one of the Talmidim called out, Bittel Torah, we're wasting precious moments of Torah. He jumped over the fence, 
and went into the base of Medrash. At that moment, the altar fainted. When he was revived and realized what happened, he fainted a second time. The altar was very shaken up. The students asked him what was wrong. Don't you see, he said, he was over a gather. He breached the fence. Who knows what other breaches this person will be responsible for? Not too many days passed, and it was revealed that this student had done some very wrong things. It showed that his essence was corrupt. When the altar passed a few students who were in animated discussion, he asked them what they were talking about. They said they were talking about the Ruach HaKodesh of the Rav, how the Rav is a prophet, because the Rav knew what was going to happen before anybody else. The altar of Kelm said, no, it's not prophecy, it's not Ruach HaKodesh. When we were all patiently waiting for the door to open, and he jumped, and he broke together our rule, that's not what we call a masmid. That is called breaking the bounds. And I knew that there must be other boundaries that he was also breaking. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
שמאמין לא מפחד את האמונה לאבד ולנו יש את מלך העולם והוא שומר אותנו מכולם מי שמאמין לא מפחד את האמונה I'm not even looking at the name. I'm just listening to the music. Benny Friedman um, here on JM Sunday. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a long day already. Anyway, uh, coming up uh, in just a few seconds of news from Israel.
And uh, that'll be with Hannah Julian. I uh, just want to let you know the rest of the day's program. We're here till 9 o'clock. Uh, live lunch encore at 11 with Avrami and the Saturday Night Seagull encore with Avrami at 1. 7 o'clock court report with, El- with Elliot Weiselberg. It'll be an encore presentation of his Tuesday night show, which now will be the first run for the uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, so he'll have an encore tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that'll be coming up now at uh, 8.30 this morning. I'll be joined by Dove Lipman, former member of Knesset, and uh, we'll be discussing a, uh, an amazing innovation uh, from uh, from Israel to the African continent. We'll talk about that. Uh, Nachum is in Israel this week. You can catch him tomorrow morning, uh, JM in the AM, between 6 and 9. He, uh, among other things, he'll be recording the uh, halftime uh, show, the new the uh, Nahum Siegel Network Kosher halftime show that'll take place next week during the big game, of course, and uh, it'll be a uh, a special show hosted by Nahum, starring Ohad and Mayor Kay, in a unique performance at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. So that will be recorded this week in Israel. Nahum and crew are going to be there, and uh, then next Sunday. February 4th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the Nachum Siegel Network. You can see that kosher halftime show. It's time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East News Correspondent and uh, Senior Correspondent at JewishPress.com joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the uh, latest news from Israel. And I am just uh, stretching this out. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Matis. Prime Minister Netanyahu has been pretty busy these past few days. He told the World Economic Forum in Davos on Thursday night that no matter how things turn out with the Palestinian Authority, Israel is not giving up the holy sites in Jerusalem. He was pretty blunt about what else Israel would keep saying that Israel would retain overriding security control of the territories. He pointed out that U.S. troops have remained in Europe even 80 years after World War II, and that until this day, Japan has also remained demilitarized as well. The Prime Minister met with President Trump earlier on Thursday, and the two held a joint news conference after the meeting. President Trump was as blunt as Netanyahu. He confirmed that the American embassy definitely will open in Jerusalem sometime next year in some form or another. He also told reporters that the United States would no longer provide funding to the Palestinian Authority unless they come to the table and start talking about peace. But there's a catch. There's always a catch. Trump said that Israel will also have to give up some ground in those talks when and if the Palestinians finally get there. This morning, Prime Minister Netanyahu told the government cabinet meeting that he's leaving tomorrow for Moscow. He said that he'll meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin on developments here in the Middle East. The two men will also talk about tightening security coordination between the Israeli military forces and Russian forces in Syria. Most important, They'll talk about the security of Israel. Netanyahu said he'll also attend the opening of the exhibition at the Sobibor Camp Uprising 75 years ago. That's being held at the Museum of Judaism and Tolerance in Moscow. 
Putin will also be attending that event. The museum is located in the Chabad Yeshiva complex in Moscow. While we're on that topic, yesterday was International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Israel has registered its strong disapproval of a new law that passed its first reading in the Polish parliament on Friday. The bill outlaws the use of the phrase Polish death camps. It's punishable by up to three years in prison to use those words or to imply in any way that Poland or its people were in any way responsible for persecution of Jews during World War II. Netanyahu said this morning that Israel has no tolerance for distorting the truth, rewriting history, or denying the Holocaust. He also pointed out that this law restricts the study of historical truth. Poland's ambassador to Israel was summoned to the foreign ministry this morning for clarification talks on this issue. Israeli actress Gal Gadot tweeted her support for survivors of the Holocaust. She's a member of the third generation. She's a grandchild of a survivor. She posted a photo of herself holding a sign with the hashtag WeRemember on Twitter, and she got a flood of responses. Many were very positive, but there were many from pro-Palestinian anti-Semites, and they were very vicious. Yeah, it was about half and half, it seemed, uh, for every positive there was a negative just on the uh, on that topic of all days to have to do that you know some of them were so bad i'll tell you i i wrote a story for jewishpress.com and i'll tell you some of those responses were so bad they were not even printable they were absolutely obscene i've never seen i've never seen such things on on twitter and 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 pointed at a world-class actress i was completely stunned. I, I don't know what that's about. Well, I think, uh, as in other situations, there are groups of people who uh, look to respond to these type of things and to put their voice out there. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's somewhat probably coordinated. You know, one tells the other about a certain post or an ability to uh, to answer to something, and then they all jump on that with with different things. And, you know, sometimes you read it, and it's so absurd as to be... I, I wouldn't say laughable, but so absurd to be. It's just like, how, well, how does anybody even you know, look at that and take it seriously? It, it's just well, ridiculous. it makes it makes you wonder if the if the BDS movement was behind some of the coordination. And I'll and I'll tell you, there there is a general um, rise of anti-Semitism in. Europe and even in the United States, but but certainly in Europe, a lot of those tweets actually were coming, from, at least as far as I could see, a lot of those tweets were coming from Europe. Some of them were from the Middle East, but many of them were from Europe. And there is a real wave of anti-Semitism st- again beginning to sweep uh, that continent, and it's and it's really beginning to worry the European Jewish Congress and the uh, European uh, Jewish community in general. So that's uh, that's something to look at. Right. Well, the one takeaway is that uh, there are a lot of people who are uh, making these comments, and yet they are following uh, an Israeli actress on Twitter because that's how they have to make the comments. So. You know, you look at it and you say, and some people mentioned that also. It's like, uh, interesting, you're making all these comments, yet you're following her on Twitter. Uh, so who knows, maybe some of them joined Twitter and followed her just for the comments, in which case uh, 
they're still following her on Twitter. Uh, and in other cases, they've been following her anyway. And uh, when it comes time to make a comment uh, like that, they they put away their comment of like, oh, she was great in Wonder Woman. And they'll say, <laughs> oh, Israeli talking about this, you know. So, uh, you know, who knows? I, you, I, you know, you, you know what upset them even more? What upset them even more was when she decided to wear for an award ceremony uh, a dress, a gown made, by a Lebanese, uh, <laughs> by yeah. a Lebanese design. It was gorgeous. Yeah. To, to, by a Lebanese designer. And the Lebanese designer actually posted it on Instagram because it looked so good on her. Right. But he, but he wasn't living in Lebanon because he can't do, he can't do his job properly from Lebanon. Right. And people were <laughs> upset about that. Uh, what it, what it did show, I think, in looking at some of the posts, uh, we know that a number of weeks ago, um, the uh, Palestinian Authority, Authority president uh, made his two and a half hour gave his two and a half hour tirade against Israel and America and, and any other country uh, that uh, is actually normal. Uh, and he said certain things uh, in his view about how Israel was founded, etc. Some of that rhetoric did find its way, it seemed, into some of the comments made uh, on the, her Twitter account, which which to me at least means that people listen to it. I don't oh, even know if I, I don't I, even I, know if they believe it honestly, that. but but they but they will use it to to um, voice their opinion. Uh, oh, did did you find any Canaanites on that then? Because I missed that. <laughs> I didn't. I did not. <laughs> no, I did not. Not not that anybody uh, identified as such. <laughs> well, he thinks he's a Canaanite, so. Yes, uh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me tell you what's going on with the weather. I don't know what it was like in, in the days of the Kananim. He's apparently a Kanani, but uh, <laughs> the weather here in modern-day Israel, <laughs> it, 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 it supposedly reached 60 degrees in Tel Aviv. I, I'd be surprised if it did, because it didn't anywhere else. Uh, there was rain in northern and central Israel, and, and it, it reached all the way into a rod in the northern Negev. I can attest to that. Um, we're looking at partly cloudy skies throughout the country and rain off and on uh, and along the coast. Um, and uh, partly cloudy skies tonight as well. And the temperatures are going to be in the mid to lower 40s. On Monday, partly cloudy skies, scattered showers again, a little bit warmer, but it's still hot chocolate weather, everyone. So, Keep the woolies on. Have a great week, everyone. Have a happy Tubashvat. It is beautiful weather for the trees. It's just what everyone needs. I'm Hannah Julian for Jam Sunday. That's our news from Israel. Thank you so much, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on Jam Sunday exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. We'll go back to the music in just a few seconds. A reminder that coming up at 8.30, I'll be joined by Dove Lipman former member of Knesset, a very busy person, that's for sure. And um, we'll talk about a, uh, a a great program, an innovation that has taken place on the African continent, uh, all because of Israel. So that'll be coming up at 8.30. We'll go to the music now. Uh, what do we have? We have a Big Lavos by Yosef Chay- uh, Chaim and, uh, and more music. So thanks, everyone, for joining us right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Oh, 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 oh,
so we get you love, you love, so we get you love. The love is
That was music by Mendy Jarufi here on uh, Mendy Jarufi here on uh, JM Sunday. Uh, Matis Weingast with you, and uh, my thanks to Hannah Julian for the news from Israel at the top of the hour. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, great programming continues all day long here on the network. With uh, we're here till nine o'clock. A live lunch encore at eleven o'clock with Avrami. A Saturday night Siegel encore with Avrami at one o'clock, and then the uh, court report. Uh, with uh, Elliot Weiselberg, it'll be the encore presentation of Sunday's uh, of Tuesday night's program uh, that he uh, aired last week. Uh, and uh, also, don't forget, Nachum will be in Israel this week, and part of what he'll be doing is uh, filming the uh, Kosher halftime show, which will be aired next week during the big game. So uh, don't forget that that will be hosted by Nachum and starring Ohad and Mayor Kay in a special performance at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. And it will be recorded this week in Israel, and uh, it'll be aired next week on uh, during the game at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh Israel is a country in which over 90% of homes are equipped with solar-powered water heaters, and solar power is increasing as a source of energy in the state. In addition, Israel is a world leader in the fields of water desalination and such farming techniques as drip irrigation. So it should come as no surprise that Israel ingenuity and innovation is being spread to other countries. Dov Lipman, former member of Knesset, is here to tell us about an amazing set of projects taking place on the African continent. Rabbi Dov Lipman, welcome back to JM Sunday. Thank you, Matis. It's so good to be back on with you. You're welcome, and thank you very much. I know that you are affiliated with an organization called Innovation Africa. If I have the title right, you're the executive 
director, or what's your exact title with them? Yes, yeah, so I'm on the executive team of, of Innovation Africa, okay. uh, working on government affairs and community affairs. Please tell us um, about the... became a. Yeah, I was going to say, please tell sure. us about the organization uh, and its accomplishments and how you became involved with it. Absolutely. So Innovation Africa was founded uh, nine years ago by an Israeli woman named Sivanya Ari, who traveled to Africa and was shocked when she saw the level of poverty there. Just so your listeners can understand, 600 million people live in Africa without any electricity. 300 million people live without any clean water. I mean, you ask yourself, how can we live in 2018? And, you know, with all the billions of dollars that have poured into Africa over the years, I grew up in the 1980s, there was We Are the World, and all the rock stars yeah. got together for Africa. And yet, these people living in these remote villages, no one has really touched their lives in any way. And she said, as a Jew, as an Israeli, uh, she can't sit quietly while this is happening somewhere in the world. And she dedicated herself to establishing this organization, which goes village by village using Israeli technologies to bring them water, to bring them electricity, to bring them uh, medications and vaccinations, which they're lacking in their medical centers, to bring them drip irrigation so they can all of a sudden create farms, just like we do here uh, in Israel, and literally totally transform lives. In nine years, she's reached over a million people, 162 Arab, uh, African villages, and the goal, uh, by 2025, is to reach 1,000 villages, so millions and millions of people's lives. And I, uh, Sivana had been in touch with me for some time about possibly getting involved, and uh, I was involved in different projects since I was in the Knesset, and the opportunity became available uh, for me to really take a, a, a role where I can hopefully work with government relations, work with communities, get even more projects uh, done, and I was thrilled with the... Uh, uh, an honor to be given that opportunity, and I've been uh, traveling around and, and telling people about Innovation Africa and getting both Jews and non-Jews all around the world uh, involved in the project. This is a, a tremendously daunting task. When you're talking about the numbers, uh, I mean, we take it for granted here in Israel, other Western countries, that you turn on a tap and there's clean water, uh, you know, for the, for the most part in all these countries. Um, I know, you know we always see pictures, like you said, we've seen in the past where people are drinking out of uh, water that comes up from the ground, but it is clearly discolored, it clearly is not purified in any way, shape, or form. Or people have to walk miles each day to uh, to get the water. And I saw an interesting statistic when I was uh, preparing for this, and, and when you provided me some information. The, the, I don't remember the exact number, but the number of hours spent a day uh, simply getting water for people in Africa, uh, it, it, it boggles the mind because it takes away from being able to do anything else, like like getting a job or going to school. Uh, that yeah. alone, you don't know, even think of it. <laughs> the women, the women and children uh, in villages that we're impacting, spend hours a day walking four hours trying to find some muddy pool of water fill up these yellow canisters that they have of water, mm -hmm. and then slip them back for the last, you know, for four hours. And now, uh, thanks to the work that Innovation Africa is doing, um, the women are freed up to actually, now they're doing farming, they're coming with other commerce ideas, the kids are going to school, they have electricity in their school for the first time, which means that uh, the best teachers come to their schools and they have opportunities. And you're literally talking about a complete transformation. And, you know, we often have to ask ourselves, Israel, uh, yes, 
thank God is a place for uh, Jews to come to from all around the world and make their homes. And thank God we're in a country where we can defend ourselves and hopefully certainly working towards a, a final redemption as well. But it's also supposed to be a platform for good for the world. We're supposed to be an orlagoyim, a light to the nations. And here you have an, a, an example of Israel really fulfilling that mission, literally uh, bringing electricity, bringing light to schools and medical centers, uh, letting children get uh, vaccinations because now they have refrigerators in their medical centers, and just the most basic element that we all take for granted, like we said, Matis, uh, to be able to have uh, clean water. And um, and what you seeing, and you know, the, the footage you've seen, and I've sent you some of it as well, of the ex- exuberance and the jubilation when they first see clean water for the first time in their lives and recognize what a difference this will make to, to their lives and their futures, um, it's something which is uh, remarkable. And to know that it's coming from Israel is just one additional benefit as well, as you see people recognizing that Israel is a source for good in the world and is a basis to do to help people instead of what we often hear, uh, certainly in the international arena. Dov Lipman is with us here on JM Sunday. Uh, there's a website, inoafrica.org, I-N-N-O-Africa.org. O-R-G, where you can see some of this footage, you can see what, what happens in the transformation of having a classroom that in the evenings or, or medical centers, you said, uh, lit by candlelight and suddenly having solar power. And there's plenty of uh, sun in the African continent uh, and uh, being lit up uh, with the stored energy for nighttime and having bright lights and people coming to them. And you see, like you said, the jubilation and uh, the the uh, when you see the crops that are growing by the drip irrigation in places where they barely had water to drink is absolutely uh, uh, amazing. Uh, now I I imagine you you have to go through some type of political arena to get to these countries uh, and to get them to allow you to come in and do the work. Uh, and the African continent has not always been the best supporter of Israel by and large. But uh, how? Have you dealt with that? And uh, I mean, I'm sure there must be positive political ramifications from all this. Yeah, there actually has been very little resistance. You know, you're offering to come into a country and, and give them good and help them. Um, And we are working, certainly, with the leaders of these countries to try to develop uh, better relations for Israel as well. It's certainly an offshoot which can come uh, from this kind of effort. But we're also now working into tapping into the European Union's involved in Africa, and even the United Nations, even the United States and certain organizations uh, to try to partner together. Uh, to make this happen. But I, we just had five speakers of parliament from Africa here in Israel uh, about a month and a half ago, and we spent time with them, and, and they're aware of the work that we're doing, and we're certainly hoping that it can strengthen uh, Israel's ties uh, with Africa as well. That's not why the organization was founded. Right. It was founded just to do good and, and, and help people. But certainly, like I said before, if there could be a, a secondary benefit of it in terms of it helping Israel and Israel's relationship with other countries, uh, that's certainly something... Uh, which is which is absolutely wonderful. And you, know, you were talking before about Africa being filled with sun. You know, Sivan likes to say sometimes the source of the problem is also the solution. That's right. I, you, you have the drought, and you have the drought, and you have the problems because of the sun, but it's all there. And the one thing I never realized is that Africa is filled with aquifers below yes. the ground. Uh-huh. And it's just a question of getting the water up. And in many cases, it's 7 meters to 50 meters. It's right there. And through the solar-powered pumps, you're able to bring it up. So the countries where we go are appreciative that we're coming in and we're helping the people, and, and that's certainly, uh, so we haven't really had any kinds of real obstacles. Right. That's good. Thank God. Uh, and it's also uh, amazing to read 
what happens here. You know, people think, okay, you come in with some solar panels, you set it up. You know, relatively, I won't say relatively simple, but you know, the technology is there. It's been there for a while, and, and, you know, you set up and do it. But there are certain things you have to take into account. For instance, you put this up in some village. What if somebody comes in and wants to steal those panels to go somewhere else? Well, according to the website, which I found fascinating, um, an Israeli developed a special type of locking mechanism to keep these panels on the rooftops to provide the energy, and uh, once they're installed, somebody would need heavy equipment to actually remove them. So you have to take that into account also, obviously, and and bringing in uh, all the infrastructure for this. Uh, that, that's, a, a again, I used the term before, a daunting task. It's a huge, monumental task, uh, and it must also cost a lot of money. How do you get the funding for this? So first of all, in terms of the lock that you mentioned, first of all, I'm very impressed about this with the homework that you've done here. <laughs> uh, they, 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 what, basically, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of trial and error in the beginning as Sivan began this project with just a small staff of a few people with her. And yes, there were solar panels that were stolen. So again, Israeli technology came in and locks were developed. Then what happens if a leak uh, develops in one of the pipes and or electricity is not flowing? So an Israeli engineer developed a technology which he got a UN award for in 2013 with a remote monitoring system that all of us on our cell phones uh, can be told if there's a break somewhere, we can monitor every single project that's happening uh, remotely. And, and again, this was an Israeli innovation. Uh, there was also that's the awesome. issue of what happens if a light bulb, after the light bulbs burn out, who's going to replace them? Are they going to call out Israel to keep coming in and fixing everything? Right. And the answer is no. <laughs> First of all, we train engineers. We train engineers on the ground. They become the engineers of the project. Right. But every single village that we go to has to establish what's called a solar committee. They have to have a president, a treasurer, a secretary. <laughs> they have to have a plan. How are they? How are they maintaining the project on their own? And they come up with all kinds of ways. We empower them to be in charge of the project. So we come in, we provide it, and then it's there forever. Now, here's the amazing thing: you asked how much it costs. For eighteen thousand dollars, you can put electricity in a school or a medical center or an orphanage. Eighteen thousand dollars, and they have electricity for the rest forever. Right? Are you talking about uh, an investment of charity? For fifty thousand dollars, you can put in a a water project, another $25,000 for the drip irrigation. It takes mm-hmm. about six months. We train them, and wow. they learn how to uh, start their farms on their own. So for a relatively small amount, you're providing people with energy, electricity, water forever. It's an amazing gift that people are providing. And we actually must have children, bar about mitzvah age, uh, all around the world who are taking these on as their bar about mitzvah project to raise $18,000. They'll spend a year, two years raising the money. And then the children can actually be there to turn on the light switch or turn oh, the water switch when it goes on uh, to really feel what it means to be giving, uh, to be someone who's helping other people in the, in the most glaring uh, possible way. And uh, there's no doubt that any shul, community, school, uh, boy or girl for Bar Bar Mitzvah who want to reach out and then be part of it uh, can certainly reach out to me. It's, my email address is dov, D-O-V, at inoafrica.org. You can reach us via the website, which you mentioned before, inoafrica.org, and we'd welcome uh, these partnerships. And we're thrilled that people all around, uh, both Jew and non-Jew, are realizing the, the gift that they're giving to these people, and they're, they're partnering together with us. Right. There there are amazing stories and pictures on the web also of some of the fundraising uh, uh, projects that people have been doing, and uh, it's very important to do that. Relatively low cost, considering what is um, what is given to these communities, and uh, and you also set them up with a shul infrastructure. I hear a president and a committee, and you know. <laughs> uh, now, and that brings me to another question, um, because th- this program is to 
pretty much any village country you know that you can get to um have you particularly uh visited and seen and helped uh Jewish communities in some of these villages because as people may not realize there are enclaves of of Jewish people uh who are in African villages who certainly trace their roots back if not actively participating in the Jewish community life today. Uh, have you been part of that also to the, to these groups? There has been interaction with them, certainly in Uganda, uh, I believe it's a community where there's been some interaction. Mm-hmm. We're not specifically going to places where there are people who trace their roots uh, to Judaism. Right, uh, no, I understand. Israel. Just in general, you know, but, curious but, but, as to... Yes, but there is there is some association there. We're in eight countries uh, as of now mm-hmm. uh, in Africa. Uganda is where we've done most of the projects. We're starting to do a lot more projects now in South Africa. Uh, there's a lot of interest there. And, uh, and different groups get involved and, and certainly encourage are getting into different countries. And our, our goal, like I said, is just to be able to reach people, especially where they need it the most. Uh, again, you see the poverty. You go on the website, you'll see some of the pictures, mm-hmm. and you realize uh, what people are living with. And, and we can't sit quietly uh, while that's happening. Right. And it, it, it's, a, it, it's a joy to be part of a group, um, especially from Israel, uh, that's being able to help people this way. Um, in the Jewish community, people here in South Africa, they think of the large Jewish community in South Africa, and they may not be aware of the rest of South Africa, which fares just as poorly as many of the other countries. Um, do you have support from the an interaction within the large Jewish community in South Africa for the projects there, at least? Yeah, so the people who are uh, bringing us there certainly are from the larger Jewish communities. Mm-hmm. And yes, like you said, the townships there, uh, the poverty is, is levels that we don't we don't see uh, anywhere uh, that we're familiar with. Right. And uh, we certainly want to be able to make a difference there, so there's a lot of investment uh, going on there. Uh, but we're also in Uganda, Tanzania, Senegal, Malawi, Congo, uh, Cameroon, Ethiopia, and, and like I said, South Africa, those are the countries. And... Uh, uh, just trying to make a difference. I met with the UN ambassadors from almost all those countries when I was in New York uh, last time and just trying to strengthen those ties and connections and seeing can they work together with us to help with all of this. And uh, it's just important for people to realize how much Israel is doing for the world. And there's other Israeli organizations also uh, that are doing wonderful things. And it's, it's a pride to be part of a country uh, which not only has technology and innovation for itself, uh, to help our lives here and help the desert bloom here in Israel, uh, but that is something which we can use to help uh, other people all around the world. Right, exactly. Uh, to that end, has there been a lot of positive uh, publicity within the countries themselves and the local media, things like that, about what Israel is doing? There's definitely positive. We don't hide that it's from Israel, right. and there's definitely been a lot of positive uh, that has come from it. Uh, we're certainly hoping that, that we can manifest it to, to, to reach even more. Uh, but even if it doesn't happen, uh, we're satisfied at the end of the day that we're just helping people's lives, giving them a future, and, and filling them with hope uh, for something better. That in and of itself is a, is a worthwhile goal. But uh, there's no doubt that we're trying to, as well, uh, make sure that uh, people recognize uh, that it's coming from Israel and that it's uh, not the Israel that they might have heard of through the media or through right. the United Nations uh, in the past. Exactly. Uh, Dove Lipman is with us. Uh, Dove at InnoAfrica.org, D-O-V at Inno, I-N-N-O, Africa.org. You can find that information about the project. You can see the videos. You can see. Uh, you can read about them, see what countries they're in, what projects they've done, and how to help fundraise. You can contact Dove if you have a buyer bot mitzvah project uh, or a shul project or organizational project to uh, to help fundraise. Uh, you mentioned before that you uh, appreciated my homework in uh, getting information. Uh, you know, speaking to a uh, 
to uh, to a former member of Knesset and and possibly a future member of Knesset, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't. I have to make sure I know what I'm talking about. So to that end, I I again would be remiss if I didn't ask you for a moment. Um, What's going on in the politics of Israel vis-à-vis Dov Lipman and Yesh Atid? So uh, it's been uh, two and a half years since Yesh Atid uh, went to the opposition, and and according to most people at that point, should not have been heard of. We were the third party of the opposition, and many people assumed that was the end of the party. But right. The parties are working very hard, both the Ireland Pete and all the members from that moment. And now we see the polls, and we don't celebrate the polls, and we're not assuming anything right. because of the polls, but we have emerged as the contending party to the current ruling party and to the prime minister, and uh, we're going to keep working hard, and whenever the next elections come, whether they're sooner or whether they're scheduled time, which is November 2019, uh, the party uh, will certainly be ready for it. We believe uh, that we have a, a agenda, both in terms of the internal issues, religion and state, economy, and on the external issues uh, that Israel could really benefit from, and we believe in it with passion, and, and we hope to reach a point where we're the ruling party in the country with the Lapid as, as prime minister, right. and try to take Israel uh, to the next step uh, where it hopefully belongs. So everyone's certainly working very hard mm-hmm. uh, to enable the party uh, to succeed, and the English-speaking branch in particular uh, mm-hmm. has become very, very active with many different activities. And uh, when it comes time to elections, we'll, we'll work really hard, and the people of Israel will have to decide. Right, absolutely. And, and to be clear, uh, if, 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 the, uh, if the party were to succeed, you are on that list, correct? I mean, if not, we're going to get you know, Yair Lapid on the air here and, and find out what's going on. You are on a list to be, to be in the Knesset, right? I'm putting you on the spot. uh, (laughs) That's okay. The list is decided uh, when when elections are called. I know. I I Uh, know. There's certainly a hope uh, uh, to be involved, and and, and I'm fortunate to have good relationships with people uh, within the party, and uh, certainly have hopes to be able to get involved. And, and, and make a difference, a uh, bigger difference uh, for Israel. And, uh, you know, we felt during the two years that I was in that we were sort of cut off in the middle right. uh, of doing some, some very good things, especially mm-hmm. uh, work with the Haredi community, getting them uh, general studies in their schools, something yeah. which is so basic to us in America, uh, in all the yeshivas, which doesn't exist here, uh, something which can only help them. So to advance that forward, integration of the Haredim, certainly the Hasbara of Israel, the, the Israel's PR around the world, there are certain key things which I would love uh, to be involved with, and uh, certainly we'll see what happens uh, uh, when it comes to election time. Right. And, and you certainly have been very busy promoting Israel and you know what you've accomplished in the years since you made Aliyah and uh, it has been amazing really uh, I mean you're all over the place uh, you're you're with this organization now I, I just hope they don't look at you and say that it's more important for you to be uh, outside than inside I don't know so you, know, you have to watch you have to balance that well, out one of the Right. One of the one of the good things, uh, certainly with Innovation Africa, is uh, they you know they certainly they they understand uh, the value that I can bring now as a former member of Knesset, and hopefully uh, in the future if I'm involved again in on, on a government level. But either way, uh, right now it certainly uh, is my focus, and uh, it's, it's something which is very very important. Right. Uh, both for the world and, 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 and Israel. And Matos, I just want to mention also, just so listeners can know, it is a American uh, 501c3, so all uh, donations are, are tax-deductible, and it's just important because people are often asked that question, uh, so they can give to it, knowing that they're giving to a, a, a charity which they receive a tax deduction. Very, very important. Thank you for mentioning that. The organization is Innovation Africa. InnoAfrica.org is the uh, website. You can reach Dove at uh, Dove at InnoAfrica.org. 
Uh, Dove Lippman, again, thank you so much for joining us uh, to talk about all these uh, wonderful programs in which you were involved, and especially this one. It's very exciting um, to know this is going on. Uh, Israel, we know, is a huge tech country that everybody knows about worldwide, uh, and this brings it to uh, a- another level of putting the technology together uh, with uh, on-the-ground help to people that daily can be helped with, with the basics that many people around the world have and take for granted. So thank you for sharing that with us, and we wish you, wish you continued Hatzlacha with uh, all that you do. Thank you so much, Matas, for having me on and giving me the chance to speak about it. I certainly hope uh, that listeners will reach out to think about how they can partner together uh, in this tremendous mitzvah and literally uh, transforming world and giving people who have nothing uh, right now in terms of a future uh, the possibility of, of a bright future and, and partnering together with Israel uh, to bring this technology to, to the people in Africa. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you again, and a happy Tubishvat to you. You're in the place where uh, it is especially meaningful, so you'll, I'm sure you'll celebrate, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to having you on with us again soon. Looks forward to it. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Dove Lipman, former member of Knesset, uh, who is uh, now in the executive committee of Innovation Africa. Uh, amazing work that is being done there. So you can go to InnoAfrica.org and uh, get a lot more information about that. A few minutes to go to the end of the show. We'll uh, hit another song and uh, see what we can come up with. What do we have here? Deddy with a horror medley right here on JM Sunday. Yo 
Deddy and Yonatan in the background here as we get uh, ready to wrap up the show. My thanks very much to Dove Lipman for joining me on the air this morning to talk about Innovation Africa. InnoAfrica.org is the website. Dove at InnoAfrica.org is the way to reach Dove Lipman. So we thank him for joining us. And uh, don't forget, great program continues on the network all day long. This week, Nachum will be in Israel with the crew and... Uh, among other things, we'll be recording the uh, NSN Kosher Halftime Show, which will be aired next week during that big game taking place uh, next Sunday afternoon, evening. And the uh, Kosher Halftime Show will air at uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com. And uh, it will feature... Ohad and Mayor Kay in a unique performance at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem that will be filmed this week. It's the fifth annual NSN Kosher Halftime Show. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, so that is uh, part of what's going on this week, recording that in Israel. Nachum will be there with the crew. Listen tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., bright and early, for JM and the AM, and then that's followed by the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten at 9 o'clock. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. Happy Tu Bishvat!